And so I want to go to Psalm 141. This is the last psalm in our series, Honest to God, on the book of Psalms. And so uh, here it is. I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call you. My prayer is set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies. Let a righteous person strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. Their rulers will be thrown down from the cliffs, and the wicked will learn that my words were well spoken. They will say, as one plows and breaks up the earth, so our bones have been scattered at the mouth of the grave. But my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers, from the snares they have laid for me. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety. So much in that this week. Um, Doug mentioned Loie DeVries, and I called Loie kind of midweek and, uh, and just heard the pain in her voice. And I said, Loie, I, I can't even imagine. And see, she said, you're right, you can't. Um, just, you can just, she's crying just talking because it is so difficult. And so this psalm says, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. And uh, after I hung up with Loie, I called on him. I, I might have shook my fist a little bit, you know, but, and that's okay because God says, you can call on me. You can come to me. Now, I was like, God, this isn't fair. And then I asked him to draw near to her because that's what she needs more than anything right now. So we ask God to call. We, 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 we say, may my prayer be like incense. It's this, we, we, it's this thing that we lift up to him. And then it says, may it be like the evening sacrifice. The Jews had morning sacrifice and evening sacrifice and all kinds of things that reminded them throughout their day to call on the Lord. This morning I woke up, I, I, I knew that I was preaching and on those mornings there's always the, oh, I think I might be coming down. You know, like there's something in me that's like I want to avoid standing up in front of people and, and sharing how God's word is tearing me apart this week. Um, but I called on the Lord and he took that away and, and just in talking with him, I, I'm filled up with, with a joy. And so I just want to encourage you, like this says, I call you, Lord. Hear me when I call. And then we need to set our prayer before him. It goes on to say, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life that there are thoughts that are in my head and there are feelings that are in my heart that should not come out of my mouth. 
And we need to ask God, protect us from ourselves in these moments when, when the frustrations of life want to explode. So God, guard my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over me so that some of those things don't come out. Guard my heart. Don't let some of the feelings that I have be at home. Don't let some of the things that the world has around us, don't let them in. What are you letting into your heart and your mind? I know that for me, uh, you know, binging a Netflix series is, is, a, is something I do to just calm down at the end of the night, but there's some stuff out there that you see it and you go, I shouldn't go there. I should not be watching that. And then you're tempted to watch it anyway. And so what is guarding your heart? Ask God, Lord, if there are things I should avoid, let me know what those things are. I gave up social media stuff because there were conversations that I wanted to be drawn into, that I wanted to show how wrong the other person was. Or I, I had a really good sarcastic comeback that would be funny and, and mean and powerful and all those things at once. And I realized, no, I can't, I can't go there. I called out a, a friend one time on social media and it was like, oh, that was the wrong, that was the wrong place to do that. Hurt somebody. Now, what I said may have been true, but it should have been said to him in a different place. And so, are there places in social media that are drawing you in and breaking down your barriers and, and, and pulling you to a place that you shouldn't go? Or is it the political news? Or I don't know in your life. I'm looking around. I got my glasses on. I'm going to take them off now because I've seen your faces. I don't, wanna, I don't want any of you to think that I'm, that I'm talking about you when I'm, when I'm... But what are the things in our lives that, that we need to say, God, guard my heart. Set a guard over my mouth. Help me keep watch. Don't let me eat their delicacies. There are things, they, they look good for me. Like every once in a while, I'm just craving a Swiss cake roll. Anybody else? You know? But then after you've had it, you're like, that had no good to it. There, there was no actual, you know, anything. And now I'm feeling, I feel a little gross, indigestion. So that's what evil, you know, it looks good. It sounds good. It might even taste good going down, but then it, it's, it's not where it's supposed to be. Sin is like a Swiss cake roll. That's the kind of stuff you get from me. On a, that's deep stuff right there, right? So what's drawing your heart away? How do we avoid the temptations and the pitfalls of our sinful nature? We sang, break your heart for what breaks yours. Show me how to love like you do. Well, how do we do that? Well, yeah, we ask God to guard our heart and our mouth. But then this, let a righteous person strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. That's a kind of a strange thing. We don't think about rebuke in our culture very much. Rebuke is to express sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behaviors or actions. And when we do it, it can be painful. 
Like I said, I reached out to her. We've got to be careful how we do it. I, I don't know if we have the clip. I think we have a clip. A, this, is, this is part of how I see rebuke in our world. Do we have that this morning, everybody? I hope so. I can't see any problem too much, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. So, let it be like oil on my skin. You're like, where is, he, where is he going with it? Let it be like oil on my skin. It's supposed to be soothing, but it might be like aftershave sometimes. It might be medicated oil when someone rebukes you. It stings, but it's good for you. It's necessary. See, in our culture, we tend to live and let live. Like, yep, we're, I see that, that they're doing that, but I'm not, I'm not going there. It's none of my business. Somebody else should tell that person that they shouldn't be posting that or they shouldn't be watching that or they shouldn't be saying that or they shouldn't be doing that. In our, we, we have a thing called church discipline and it sometimes has gone by the wayside but I, I want to call it back for us this morning. Maybe we need someone to discipline us. I know I do. In the 23rd Psalm, it says, he anoints my head with oil. Now, what does that have to do with sheep, you say? When, when he puts the oil, when, when a shepherd puts the oil on a sheep, it, the oil keeps the bugs from getting in their eyes, or it keeps certain flies from laying eggs in the ears of the sheep. And it keeps their, I keep wanting to say fur, but it's, Wool. My words get messed up for me. But it keeps their wool from getting tangled in the brambles and different things. And so the shepherd puts oil on their head to protect them from evil. It's a barrier of protection. And so we need to hear when we're falling short. So I'll go first. Um, a week ago Friday, golfing with this crew right here, and they know this because I've, I've, we've, well, I'll tell you the story. I get a little uptight because there's etiquette in golf and there's like pace of play and I'm always thinking about the person behind me. Are they thinking that we're going too slow or we hit too many mulligans or, and it, it's a, now there's etiquette and we, we need to learn that and uh, you know, certain places we, we have to, we have to take care of those things. But when I get out there, now I'm uptight and I'm getting a little worked up. And my lovely wife, in the best way possible, seriously, the best way possible, she just calmly, I think it's on the fourth hole. I can picture where the cart was. It might have been after that. But um, she says, you know, sometimes you're just a little bit harsh. Now, the first reaction that comes to my mind is, oh, yeah, I'm harsh, and I should be harsh because these guys are doing this, you know, and then I, and, and you did, this, and I, I can start gathering up a whole bunch of things to justify my behavior. Luckily, I rehearsed all those things in my head. I didn't say any of them out loud. I didn't make it worse. Um, I just kind of, I was just, I was self-righteous and, and those things. But as the next couple of holes went on, I started going, you know, yeah, that was harsh. Oh, that was, yeah, that wasn't necessary. Um, and oh, so over the next few holes, I, I realized um, 
she's right. I needed to hear that. Now, it only took me a few more days or I don't know the difference between a few and several, but too long to say, I'm really sorry. That's, I'm wrong. This is something I, I want to work on. And then another day or so, and then I say, I apologize to the boys and, because this is a continual thing in my life. And so I need to be rebuked. We think of it as an attack. Sometimes we defend ourselves because of it, but it's the love of a friend. As a pastor, I've had to confront people a number of times and with varying degrees of success. Uh, most of the time it's, oh yeah, well, so-and-so did this and they did that. And that's, that's, that is our number one thing is you point at me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point at someone else. Or they'll say, how dare you talk to me? You're not perfect. Uh, that's been well established, I think. I'm not perfect. But I'm trying to go that way. We were talking, Sherry and I were talking, when we, when we ordained elders and deacons a couple of weeks ago, part of the liturgy said they will live exemplary lives. And we were talking about that word, and like, that's a little scary, right? Well, no, not if, depends on how you look at it. it that word just means, I'm going to try my best to look like Jesus. And then I'm going to be open when someone says, hey, you're falling short there. And we need to be that for each other. We're striving to be better, but it's not a striving where we're thinking, I got to be good enough. I got to be perfect. None of us is going to be perfect. And so we have to be a people who can go to the people that we know and love and say, hey, I see this, and I'm not sure that's really in conjunction with who you want to be or claim to be. Rebuke and correction. I say, bring it on because I need it. And I think you do too. So... Here we go. Let me look around, see what I can find who needs. No. One of the things in the, in the announcements you may notice, it says, Mo is still looking, for, we're still looking for volunteers for nursery and for children's ministry. Um, we, we can only do children's ministry stuff through, through kindergarten this summer because we don't have enough volunteers to, to, to make sure that the older kids through fifth grade could have a Sunday school option during the service. That, that's, that's frustrating. So a little bit like, hey, we need to think about that. As a church, we care about these kids. And some of these, it's, a, you know, it's good. They can sit in church. They can learn. But sometimes it's better for them to be in another place where there's a message that's directed directly to them. And so we can't just let those, those announcements kind of go overhead. We need to say, God, are you calling me to step up? So there's your little rebuke for the morning. My verse of the day yesterday was this from Hebrews 12, 11. It just happened to be the verse of the day that comes into my phone from my, from my Bible app. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's what we need in our lives. If we want to have a harvest of righteousness and peace, occasionally we need some discipline in our lives. We need someone to point out an area that we need to grow. 
We need each other as the body of Christ to encourage one another and to rebuke one another. Because as the psalmist continues, he, he, he says these things. The rulers, their rulers will, will be thrown down from the cliffs and the wicked will learn that my words were well spoken. They will say as one plows and breaks up the earth, so our bones have been scattered at the mouth of the grave. What he's saying there is, what we find out about evil is evil leads to destruction. It leads to death. He says a little bit above that, I will still pray. Let's see, where is it? My prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. I'm going to pray against the deeds of evildoers even if they're my own deeds because those things lead to death. There's a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it leads to death. And we don't want to go there. And so together we need to help each other. We need to have people in our lives who can look and say, hey, we can do better. And we can do better by saying, my eyes are fixed on you, sovereign Lord, so in you I take refuge. Do not give me over to death. I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. I want to know what he says to me in this book. It's got to come into my life through, through this word, through the Holy Spirit, and through my brothers and sisters in Christ who know me and love me. I want to say, God, help me. So bring on rebuke, right? Welcome correction. Invite it. Because we know that our, that our hearts are drawn to evil and our lips need watching over. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, for the last year and a half, we haven't been able to meet together in some ways. We haven't been able to be the church together in some ways. Folks are still listening online. The world has changed forever, but I want to challenge you. We need to come together, whether it's here or somewhere. You have to have people in your life who know you well enough, people who are believers who will challenge you when you get off track. We need to have people who can rebuke us. And in order to do that, we have to open up our lives to people in ways. We have to be honest about what we're doing. And we have to say to them, I welcome, I welcome that from you. Do you have friends that are willing to do that for you? Doug preached last week in a couple of the services, not here, and uh, but if you want, I, I encourage you, go online. It's a great message about justice. And Doug said this in his message, to navigate the pursuit of justice in the world requires from the faithful a complete and absolute dependence on God and his word. And for today, I want to take Doug's quote and uh, I want to just, just generalize it a bit more for today. To navigate the world that's trying to destroy you that wants to take you down all the wrong paths, that wants to influence your heart and influence your mouth, that wants to give you things that are delicacies, but they're harmful for you. In that world, to navigate it, it requires a complete and absolute dependence on God and his word. 
We need this word in our lives. And it requires a community of believers who will hold each other up to the standards that God sets for us in his word. We all need a little bit of oil on our head, even if it stings a little bit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. You tell us we can cry out to you and that we can take refuge in you. And you also tell us we need to love each other enough to say the hard things. Lord, I thank you for people in my life who I can say, the, who can say the hard things to me. I'm not perfect. None of us are. We are continually striving to be your people. So Lord, help us to dig into your word on a regular basis. And help us share our lives with people who will be honest with us and tell us the things we need to hear from you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which gives us the power to do these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.